Welcome to the Little Man Big Mouth Podcast with me, Jonah. I'm a kid who loves sports. I can talk about sports every day, all day. Think you can handle that? Then stick around for today's show. My guest today is Rob Domofsky, a reporter for the Green Bay Packers and ESPN. But first, let's get into some news. The first news story is... College football mayhem. Kansas football is now 5-1 and one on the season. Now that's crazy. Kansas University, or KU, is supposed to be known for basketball, but right now is playing at an extreme level right now. Another wild thing in college football is that Texas beat Oklahoma in the Red River Showdown. You might think that's normal, but Texas really laid their hammer down and beat Oklahoma 49-0. That is the first time since 1965 that Texas shut out Oklahoma. Now let's go to the top dogs, Alabama and Georgia. They have gotten scared and almost lost in two straight weeks. Last week, Georgia almost lost to an on-rake Missouri team which brought them down to the second overall team, and Alabama moved up. Well, this week, Alabama's going to go down because they almost lost to Texas A&M again. Now that these two teams have really shown that they are not invincible, Ohio State University has a chance of stealing the national championship from these two top dogs. Well, now let's get into some baseball. Albert Pujols has hit his 700th home run, and he's joined the 700th home run club. He is in fourth place for the most home runs ever. This is an amazing feat, and he will be remembered as one of the greatest home run hitters of all time. Now, speaking of home runs, let's talk about Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge broke the single-season home run record for American League players. He hit 62 home runs, and he has shown that you should never overlook him, and he's putting up numbers right now to win the MVP in the American League. Strange news alert. Some California drivers got caught in the tomato traffic jam. A saucy surprise in the Monday morning commute. A truck hit the center divider on Interstate 80 between San Francisco and Sacramento, covering several lanes in quickly crushed tomatoes. It took several hours for State Department of Transportation workers to clean all of the tomatoes up. Well, I say... Get some cheese and let's make some pizza. Well, that does it, folks, for the news. Welcome to Unscripted. Gabriel and I will dish in fuego. Hot takes left and right. Here we go. The first question is... Aaron Judge broke the hallowed home run mark of Roger Maris with 62. Albert Pujols became the fourth player to break 700. 
Are they the two greatest home run hitters of the modern era? Yes, both are amazing players and both deserve credit for, this, for their spectacular careers. No, I do not believe Al, Albert or Aaron is the best home run hitter. I believe Barry Bonds is the greatest home run hitter of the modern era. I don't care that people speculate that he used performance-enhancing drugs. He still had the skill and is the greatest home run hitter ever to step up at bat for the MLB. But, like you said, he did take steroids. That oh. takes him out. That he takes him not, out. He, a, a, he was speculated. No one actually proved that he used steroids. And B, you, so what? You use steroids. You still need to be able to hit the ball. I can use so many steroids, but I can keep missing the ball because strikes. He was so good. That is why he is the best home run hitter of the modern era. Our next question is... What's more impressive? Lance Leopold has turned Kansas football into a winner at 5-1. and one. Or, the New York football giants are 4-1? and one? I think the more impressive thing is that the Kansas Jayhawks are 5-1. and one Because the Kansas Jayhawks have been historically bad at football. I'm going to stop you right there. What are you talking about? Nobody cares about Kansas football. I know they're on college game day trying to get some fame, but no one cares about college football. They're all about basketball. So I'm going to go with the Giants with terrible Daniel Jones at quarterback. He led somehow. That's not the question. The question here is which is more impressive. It's not who matters more. It is which is more impressive. Yeah, more and, the more, and the more impressive thing is that the Kansas Jayhawks so are 5-1 doubling their wins from the past year and they are and they can be in ball eligibility for the first time since 2009 that is what is more impressive than the congrats the football giants have won four games now why don't they do it against a good team you're right our next question is the oklahoma sooners are three and three and just lost 49-0 to zero to rival Texas. The University of Miami is 2-3 and three and lost this year to Middle Tennessee State? Which historic powerhouse is in more trouble? Oklahoma is in big trouble. If you are going to the SEC, you should not get shut out like that. 49-0 in the Red River Showdown. I disagree with you here. As much as I hate Oklahoma, and I think that this is a really low year, it is also rebuilding you. Miami, they're again, they are supposed to be so good. They brought in this amazing coach from Oregon. They are supposed to be way better than they have been. Last year, they were pretty good. But what happens this year? They lose to Middle Tennessee. They're below 500. And with so many expectations coming into this year, they have done so poorly that they are one of the worst teams in college football right now, and I do not think they deserve how much credit they've been given. I think you are totally wrong. Miami has never been that big school. Yes, they have. They used to be probably the greatest college football powerhouse ever when they kept winning national championships. They used to be this historic that is where you want to be. You want to be where the Miami, University of Miami Hurricanes are. 
Now, no one wants to be there. Now, it is offensive to be told that you are as good as the University of Miami at football. You really gotten me on the Vokes all these three questions. Well, I guess our last question is... Give us your best burger topping combo. I believe the best burger combo is you gotta get some ketchup and mayo on there with some potato chips, tomatoes, and a fried egg with some duck bacon. That is the best burger toppings ever. No debate. That is disgusting. Ketchup and mayo? That's worse than ketchup and mustard. That is disgusting. Okay, best burger toppings there is on the planet is you add some ketchup, lettuce, tomato, chips, duck bacon. And do you know what bun you put on? You get the pretzel bun. That's what you get. You get the pretzel bun. And that does it for Unscripted. Now it's time for Stick by Your Picks. For those new to the show, Gabriel and I dissect the NFL schedule one week at a time. These are iron-clad picks. We stick with our picks no matter what happens between now and the game. Our lawyers have asked us to let you know you should not bet your house on our picks. This is for entertainment purposes only. Now let's get into the picks. The first game is... The Washington Commanders visit the Chicago Bears. Bears are one-point favorite. Well, I've got the Bears. Both teams suck, and this will be an awful Thursday night game again. But the Bears are still showing more offense than the Commanders. I disagree with you there. I think the Washington Commanders will win this game as Carson wins has so many weapons around him. He has Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel, who are two of the most explosive wide receivers now. I think they will destroy the Chicago Bears, who have had an up-and-down season so far. Announcer, what is the next game? Bill Belichick takes his Patriots on the road to visit his old team, the Cleveland Browns. Browns are favored by three. The Patriots will win this one. As Sir Corey Brissett is still the quarter, starting quarterback for the Browns. The Patriots' defense is unstoppable and will make Brissett pay. I did. Bailey Zappi, if he does start, he is going to be another rookie sensation. The Patriots pull out of the bag of tricks. I disagree with you. Nick Chubb. One of the best running backs so far this season will run all over an injury-ridden Patriots defense, and no one will be able to stop him, as he will score not one, not two, but three touchdowns on them. Are you willing to bet your house on that prediction? I am not legally allowed to bet my house on that prediction. Well, announcer, what is the next, next, next game? Finally, a game worth watching. The Chiefs play host to the Bills on our two-and-a-half-point underdogs at home. The Josh Allen Show will be on full display as 
he will run all over Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs as Mahomes is still trying to find a replacement for Tyreek Hill. I agree with you. Josh Allen, one of the most amazing and spectacular quarterbacks in this game today, is going to show up and dismantle this Chiefs defense. And we can't even forget about the Bills defense. Even though they have struggled with injuries, they've still probably been one of the most dominant defenses and have shut down all the offensive they've been against. Well, announcer, what is the next game? The Red Hot Eagles play host to America's team, the Cowboys. Eagles are favored by four and a half. The Eagles are going to be still undefeated and will be undefeated again. The Eagles will beat the Cowboys, who suck. The Cowboys are not good this year. Just because Cooper Rush had a, a run does not mean they're good. The Eagles, with Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, Devontae Smith, and A.J. Brown, will dominate this Cowboys defense. I agree with you that the Eagles will win this game, but the Cowboys have not been a bad team. They have actually impressed me, and they have been one of the better teams this year. But yes, fly, Eagles, fly, as the Eagles defense has been the most dominant defense this year, producing top three in sacks in the league and forcing the most turnovers in the league, not letting any th any offense get by them, as this is why Jalen Hurts will win again. Announcer, what is the last game? The Chargers play host to the struggling Broncos. As Monday Night Football kicks off, the Chargers are five-point favorites at home. The shutdown Broncos defense will do the same in prime time. Even though they are one for two this year in prime time, that means nothing. As Russell Wilson will be cooking against the Chargers. First, if Russell Wilson is cooking, we would all starve to death. Did you see the game last Thursday? I don't think you did. 12 to 9, all field goals, and they lost to the courts. I think the Chargers, with Justin Herbert, will crush the Broncos, and it will be an ugly primetime game. Well, that does it, folks, for Stick by Your Picks. If you guys forget any of me and Gabriel's picks, you can check out our Instagram at Little Man Big Mouth Show and check out our picks. And stay tuned for my interview. My guest today is Rob Demofsky, who covers the Green Bay Packers for the NFL Nation, an award-winning journalist. Rob joined ESPN in July 2013. He makes appearances on SportsCenter, NFL Live, and ESPN Radio, and his work appears on ESPN.com. Welcome, Rob. How are you doing today? I'm good, Jonah. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm doing good. So let's get this interview rolling. How did you decide to become a sports reporter? <laughs> wow, that's a great question. Um, I obviously always really liked sports as a kid, uh, but I also really liked news, uh, current events. Uh, my parents always had the news on at our house. Uh, 
at at on the evening news. My dad always brought newspapers home from from work. We got newspapers delivered in the morning, and um, just always really enjoyed reading reading the paper and finding out kind of what's happening and and you know why things are happening in the world. And I guess it really wasn't until late high school, maybe even early college, that I figured out that you could kind of merge sports and current events and news together. Yeah. So going in more depth in that, into that, how did you how did you develop an interest into sports? Yeah, again, uh, probably my dad, again, um, just always had, we grew up in Chicago and he loved the Bears and the Bulls and the Cubs. He did not like the White Sox. Of course, my brother and I kind of ended up liking the White Sox, but that's another story. Uh, so we just kind of were always around it. Um, more really basketball more than anything. Uh, and, uh, you know, I never grew past about five, seven. So basketball playing it at any higher level was probably not going to happen. So uh, this is the next best thing. You said your dad was a Bears fan. How did you find out that you became a reporter for the rival of the Packers? Yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, you know, like being a journalist and a, and a reporter who covers the team, you know, you're really not a fan of that team. And you kind of have to put whatever your fan interests are aside. But it's kind of funny because, yeah, I mean, we we were growing up in Chicago and the Packers were the rival. Although when I was younger, the Packers were terrible and the Bears were good. And really, in the last 20, 30 years, it's flipped around. Packers are good and the Bears are terrible. That's a funny story to tell people that. I mean, grew up a Bears fan, now he would for the Packers. No question. What were your favorite sports? You said you liked basketball. I yeah. mean, you probably liked football. But what were your favorite sports and who were your favorite athletes when you were a kid? Yeah, I mean, being a kid um, in the 80s and 90s in Chicago, I mean, it was Michael Jordan. I mean, it was just so cool to have him in our city. I actually never got to see him play in person until I was actually in Green Bay as a reporter and went to uh, a game his last year uh, with the Bulls and a game that they played it in Milwaukee, which is about two hours from Green Bay. I actually went to and covered it uh, for our newspaper. One game, uh, it's the only time I've ever seen Michael Jordan in person. Tickets were so hard to get, um, but we actually, funny story, we actually had tickets uh, his Jordan second year. We had tickets that we bought at the beginning of the year uh, to a game like halfway through the season, and early in that season, Jordan broke his foot and didn't play, so didn't get a chance to see him. That's another great story. You got, yes, Michael Jordan's last season as a bull. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. So that was sort of my, you know, my childhood, uh, you know, I don't want to say hero, but but who I really liked watching as a kid. Well, you have worked at newspapers before arriving at the leader in sports. What's it like to work at ESPN? Yeah, I mean, I guess um, I never really thought I would work at ESPN. I worked in the newspaper business for close to 20 years um, and, you know, never really thought that ESPN was, was even a possibility. And then in 2013, uh, ESPN decided that they wanted to have a reporter in every NFL city. So there's 32 NFL teams. There's 32 of us that make up ESPN's NFL nation. 
And I got a call one day um, in the summer of 2012 from someone at ESPN asking me if I'd be interested, they're going to start this, this project. Um, they previously had one reporter for each division, like the NFC North had a reporter, the NFC East had a reporter and so on. And they wanted to take it from those eight to 32 and asked if I would be interested in cover the Packers. And I said, yeah, sure. Absolutely. I mean, as a kid in college, my roommates and I, uh, we would have Sports Center on our television at night. And back then, they would only have one Sports Center show at, the, at 11 o'clock. And it would just repeat over and over. It would run at 11, at midnight, at 1, at 2 a.m. And we would sit there and watch the same Sports Center highlights over and over and over again. And, and to think by, you know, I never at that time, even though I was a journalism major and, and interested in it, at that time, I never thought that was a, a possibility. Well, as exciting as it might be, I know that there must be some challenges too. What is the hardest part of your work as a reporter? I would say the pressure to come up with interesting stories. Um, I think our job as reporters, journalists, are to tell people something they didn't already know. So that that requires us to find out something interesting, right? Something that something that people would want to know, um, and and I think that's the biggest challenge, uh, you know, to come up with new stories week after week after week during the season and even in the off season, really. Right, because a lot of you have the internet now, so now people like kind of know instantly. Right, that is the biggest change for me was going from working for a newspaper to working for a website. So what's it like? And like, have you ever been in a locker room? Yes, we go into the locker room every day, believe it or not. Um, we, uh, during the, the week, um, if, if, if a typical NFL game is on Sunday, um, after the game, we have the media has access to the locker room, the interview players. On Monday, uh, we would get uh, players in the locker room again. Tuesday is the players off day. And then starting Wednesday and then Thursday, Friday is really the busiest part of the NFL week. That's when they're practicing and preparing for the upcoming opponent. And like, for example, on Wednesdays, that's always the day that Aaron Rodgers talks. And, and really a lot of quarterbacks around the league do it on Wednesdays because it's kind of the start of the week. Uh, but I think they want to get it out of the way and, and get their, their media obligations out of the way. So tomorrow on Wednesday, today, we're taping this on a Tuesday, Wednesday, um, we will be, you know, in the locker room and there'll be probably be 30 of us crowded around Aaron Rodgers' locker and uh, cameras, microphones, tape recorders, all that stuff. And, um, you know, Rodgers will take questions for about 20 minutes and then it'll leave us with about another 20 minutes to go talk to other players. And it's the same thing on Thursday, the same thing on Friday. Um, Rodgers only talks one day on Wednesday, but all the other players are typically in the locker room. Um, not all of them want to talk to us. Some of them do, some of them don't. Um, but that's typically how it works. So the only time uh, in my 25 years of covering the Packers that we weren't in the locker room was the 2020 and 21 COVID seasons. Who are the players or coaches you enjoyed interviewing the most? Um, Brett Favre was one of them. I mean, the, the quarterback that came before Aaron Rodgers. Um, because Brett was was less like a superstar athlete than um, than a lot of guys. He was just just like you and me. He seemed like a, a more regular person. He would always give really interesting answers and thoughtful answers. 
if you asked him a question, he would actually think about it and and think about what he wanted to say and give you a really good answer. Um, he was always he was always really good. Um, Leroy Butler, a longtime Packer safety, who actually just went into the Pro Football Hall of Fame this last summer, uh, it might be one of my the favorite guys that I've ever covered. Super smart guy, superstar player, no ego, um, and he was just he always took time with reporters. Win or lose, um, that was that was the thing about him is win or lose, he was always the same with us. I would say I would put Devontae Adams in that category too. I was a superstar athlete who really was the same guy when he became a star that he was when he was a rookie. Um, and I think that's an admirable quality to have someone who who doesn't you know doesn't change when they become a star. That's really cool. Wow, you got to interview a pro football hall of famer. I mean, Devontae Adams, one of the best wide receivers in the game today. I mean, that's like the best job he could be up front and personal. Yeah, the one thing, Jonah, that I hate, it is still a job. And there are sometimes things that, you know, are hard. And, you know, asking players hard questions after they lose or after they make a mistake. Um, you know, sometimes those guys don't want to answer those questions, but it's our job to ask them and at least try to get explanations for what, what may have happened or what may not have happened. Um, and, and I will tell you that, you know, it's a long season, 17 regular season games, training camp, preseason games, that there's times that the, the players and coaches kind of get tired of having to answer questions. And, and, and I don't blame them at times. I mean, we talk to those guys four or five days a week during the season, so I, I can understand it. So help us break some news. What made the biggest impact for the Packers from week one to week two? <laughs> yeah. I, I would say two things, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, the running backs, they basically ignored him the first game of the season against the Vikings. And then after the game, Aaron Rodgers said, we need to get those guys the ball more. Matt LaFleur the next day as a coach said, we need to get those guys the ball more. And this is such a, a secretive business where teams try to hide what they're going to do and surprise the other team. The Packers basically told the Bears, we're going to run the ball. We're going to get it to Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And they still did it with, you know, a ton of success. So I almost wanted to say to, to Matt LaFleur on Monday after the game, you know, maybe you shouldn't be so secretive all the time and be worried and paranoid that the other team's going to find out what you're going to do. Why not just go do what you're going to do and do it better than they do? <laughs> you're right. They just said, we're running the ball. No, it's not going to work every week. Teams will, you know, Tampa uh, the next game, I'm sure we'll prepare for for the, uh, you know, for that running attack. And it's up to Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur to try to come up with, you know, the counterattack to it. So you have to speak and write for a national audience. Mm -hmm. What happens if you make a mistake? We all make mistakes. It happens. Uh, there's, you know, if you do, you you own it, you admit it, and, and you move on. Um, you know, one, the, the one thing about um, newspapers is if you made a mistake in a newspaper, it was there forever. If you make a mistake on the internet, well, you can change it. You know, you can go back and now live television. If I'm doing a, a sports center appearance or NFL live and I say something wrong, if I catch it, I might be able to correct it. We also, if it's a live broadcast, we also have an earpiece where we're talking to the people that have produced the shows and they may whisper something in my ear. Hey, it was, you said Devontae Adams, it was really Jordy Nelson, and I'll go back and correct it. That was the biggest thing for me, Jonah, that was an adjustment, having really never done any TV before, 
was while I'm talking on television, having someone talking in my ear. Is that like, is it weird? It's really that, weird. Yeah. It's really weird. like voice in your head. It is. It's, it's really weird. But I will say you get used to it pretty fast. If someone in the earpiece says something and you might like disagree with them a little bit, yeah. would you counterattack? Like, would sure. you not? We, like, my job is a little different than if you watch like First Take or uh, Pardon the Interruptions. Those. Those are more opinion-based shows. Nice. I'm more. I'm a reporter. It's my job to present information. Um, but there are times when the the host of a show will engage in some sort of a debate, or they'll have me give a report, and they'll have the experts kind of comment on it, and then they'll go back to me and ask what I think of that. Um, so there's definitely depending on the show. Um, I do. Uh, you know, Sports Center is really almost more of a news show. Right. Uh, I if you're if you've ever seen Get Up, which is hosted by Mike Greenberg. That's more of a, you know, an opinion type of based show. And I do appearances on that show as well. Okay. So now for your opinion, how far do you think the Packers are going to go this year? So they won 13 games in 2019, 2020, and 2021. All three years, they won 13 games. Matt LaFleur is the first coach to ever win 13 games in each of his first three years. But what's missing, right? The Super Bowl. They have not been to a Super Bowl. Uh, they lost in the NFC Championship game twice, lost in the uh, divisional round once. Uh, it might be a year, Jonah, where they don't win 13. Maybe they win 10, 11, 12 games. But I think they're trying to figure out why they haven't advanced in the playoffs and learn from that. And maybe the playoffs are more important than the regular season. Not that they're sacrificing games in the regular season. They're trying to win every game. But if they're focus is winning the Super Bowl. They need to figure out how to play well at the right time of the year. And I think this is as good a chance that they have of, of any because learning from their mistakes from the past and they're, they have a really good defense. Didn't look that way against the Vikings, but they should have a really good defense and the offense should get better and better as the season goes on. And let's face it, Aaron Rodgers is still one of the best quarterbacks in the, in the, football, in the game of football. Right. What would have to be there? You said the offense has to be there. I mean, he is Alan Lazard, but I mean, I don't like you. Don't really know who else. If we're right, Stephen Core. Yes, I mean, and if you attack the run game, you will stop it. Yeah. What would they have to do to change that? Yeah, I think developing some of the younger receivers. They drafted Christian Watson in the second round. Um, they drafted Romeo Dobbs in the fourth round. It takes a long time, especially at the receiver position to pick it up. Uh, it might be one of the hardest positions to jump in right away and be an instant star. Now there have been Jamar Chase was the exception. Uh, maybe Justin Jefferson as a rookie was the exception. But most often, if you look at the Packers, great receivers that they've had, Devontae Adams really didn't do a lot as a rookie. Jordy Nelson didn't do a lot as a rookie. Randall Cobb, same thing. Greg Jennings, all these guys that they've, they've it's taken them time. Now the difference with all those guys is there was always another established star that they can lean on. Now, you know, you mentioned Alan Lazard. He's a really good player. He's not a superstar, at least not yet. So there's a little bit more pressure on these rookies uh, to contribute right away. Um, and then we saw against the Bears, Sammy Watkins. He's a former first-round pick, really kind of had a disappointing NFL career to, to date. Packers signed him for cheap this offseason. And he had a huge game against the Bears, had, had 93 yards receiving, three big catches. Uh, but he's a guy that, as he gets more comfortable with Aaron Rodgers, might end up being a big factor for them. Okay. 
And last question, what is Aaron Rodgers like off the field? He is super, super smart. Sometimes that can be to his benefit, and sometimes it can be to his detriment. Uh, he is, for my purposes as a reporter, has always been available, accessible, doesn't always say, you know, the most interesting things. He's, he's very careful with what he says, um, but he thinks things through. And he always, whatever he says, he has thought through. He's not just saying anything off the cuff or by accident. Um, and, and so for, from my perspective as a reporter, all you can ask for is him to be uh, available, accessible, and to answer questions. And, and he's done that. Um, off the field, you know, we don't really know these guys as well as you might think off the field. Um, a friend of mine in the business always says, as reporters, we are of their world, but we are not in their world. Um, there's a lot of things, really most of their lives outside of football. And, and most people really don't know, you know, what that is. Sometimes athletes are willing to share glimpses of that. And those usually make for really interesting stories. And sometimes guys are a little more private. I would say for most of Roger's career, he was a little more private. He's starting to become a little bit more um, comfortable being, you know, living his life openly um, in what he does for, you know, off season stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, it's, it's always, you know, really hard to tell, you know, exactly what guys are like. Thank you, Rob, for this amazing interview. Now it's time for my short rapid fire this or that style quiz. Okay. I'll give you two options. And you tell me which one you like best. Are okay. you ready? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Hot dog or hamburger? If hot dog, if it's a Chicago style hot dog. Couch or chair? Ooh. Ah, boy. Couch. Motorcycle or car? Car. Cat or dog? Cat. Football or football? Football, American style. Prime Video or Netflix? Netflix. Beard or mustache? <laughs> I have a beard, so I'm going with beard. And Brady or Rogers? <laughs> I should say Rogers, but part of me, Brady's got six titles, seven titles. It's Brady. All right. My audience really wants to know, what is your high score in bowling? Oh. Probably about 165. I'm a much better golfer than bowler. Good job. I mean, that's, that's a pretty good score. Pretty good it was score. A, it was a once-in-a-lifetime game. <laughs> well, thank you so much for making time in your busy schedule to meet with me. It was my pleasure. I'm happy to do it, and best of luck to you. Thank you, Rob, for that amazing interview. I love talking to you, and I hope we can catch up another time. Well, what would sports talk be without lists? Bupkis, so here is my list of the day. Top five board games of all time. Number five, Operation. It's like being a doctor, but not so serious. Number four, Cranium. Test your knowledge of what is really going on in the world. And test teamwork. Number three, Ticket to Ride. The fun family game for kids of all ages. Number two, Clue. 
The mystery of murder is fun for everyone. And my number one top board game is Monopoly. It's a cold classic. Well, that does it, folks, for the Little Man Big Mouth Podcast. Check out next episode when it drops. Until then, see ya! Follow the show on Insta at Little Man Big Mouth Show and subscribe to future episodes on your favorite podcast providers. The Little Man Big Mouth Podcast is an exclusive creation of Hefeweizen Podcast Productions.